0: Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 140 Finding Time to Write, an interview with John Buholtz, coming to you on Thursday, May 2nd, 2019. Did I just say Buholtz? Yes, that is indeed the same last name as me. Oh, wait. Is my husband's name John? Why? Yes, it is. So I just finished interviewing my husband, John, and uh, talking to him about where he's been finding time to write. Ever since he started trying to write um, you know, full-length books, getting to the end, sending it out to agents and editors, and going to writers' conferences and everything, except for a few periods of unemployment in between films, he has been fully and completely employed the whole time. So I wanted to find out what he thought was working and all the different kinds of things that he's tried in order to keep on going. Because in the last 10 years, he's managed to complete one ginormous book, two more regular sized middle grade books, and several novellas for his middle grade superhero series. So I thought you might find it interesting um, if maybe he had some ideas on something that you haven't tried, or just to remind you of ideas of things that maybe you haven't tried for a while. So I do hope that you will find this to be a fun, entertaining, and helpful discussion of all the different ways and times and places that we can find time to write. And depending on which hemisphere you're in, you might be uh, thinking about writing outside now that it's getting summery in the northern hemisphere, or maybe it's finally not crazy hot in some of the areas. Of the uh, southern hemisphere And you're like, oh, it's fall, I want to go outside, so you could take your laptop. (laughs) Um, There's so many things that you could do, and I hope that you will find uh, a couple of new ideas and or just be re-inspired to try the things that you know have already been working for you. So whatever you're doing, I hope that there is some writing involved and that you're having fun and that the rest of your life is still fun enough to give you more creative ideas and creative juice so that you want to write even more. Have a great week, and here's the interview. Today's guest is John Buchholz. John has been telling stories his whole life, whether via role-playing games for his friends or while working on movies that entertain millions. He has expressed his creativity through drawing, photography, graphic design, and more, but after an nudge from his wife, he recently discovered a passion for writing stories for kids. Born and raised in Michigan, John ended up in the field of animation, where he worked on several video games, as well as the movies Happy Feet, Happy Feet 2, Avatar, and War for the Planet of the Apes. He has worked in California, Australia, New Zealand, and now Sweden, where he's writing as he works on a video game. Welcome, John.
1: Hi, Katie. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for taking the time <laughs> and, you know, the the great distance that's separating us. What do you think, oh, maybe yeah. 10 meters?
1: Maybe 15
0: yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good sized apartment, but uh, not ginormous.
1: <laughs> well, we do have two offices, so she's in one, I'm in the other, so it's not too. Big.
0: Yes, that's right. So he can have his um his video game uh statuettes behind him, and I have my gazillion books, actually still in boxes. You can see if you're watching on YouTube. Right there is just the smallest pile.
1: <laughs> but we'll get bigger
0: we are now, however here's the problem with our boxes we're still trying to make sure that we have plenty of time for writing and the boxes are not quite being unpacked as quickly as we said we would do it
1: yeah one a day is that our we aren't quite hitting our goal of one box a day but we're hopefully we'll get there soon
0: yeah yeah i was happy that we did three in a day last week but then that was the only day we did it <laughs> But here we are talking about finding time to write because um, with all of the many moves that we have both done, uh, oh, by the way, so just in case anybody's wondering, is she talking to her husband? Uh, Am I the wife that you were talking about when you said (laughs) a little nudge?
1: Yes, actually, Kitty is my wife. We've been married for almost 29 years.
0: Next week. Next week. (laughs) Next week. Yes. Um, how old did you say we were when we got married? Uh, thirteen, I think. Yeah. Was it thirteen? I think it was I, thirteen. I think so. Yeah. I, I think at some point you've just been lowering the age of our uh, of our marriage year so that we don't yeah. appear. You know. Yeah, we had a
1: playground romance. It was quite romantic. Yeah. yeah, it
0: was. It was. I pushed you off the swing and then yeah. kissed your yeah. knee when you fell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And so, as we make up these stories, we have to find a time. Speaking of <laughs> writers, yes. Speaking
1: very good of,
0: so, tell us a little bit about your background. Let's go back to when was the first time you can remember writing something?
1: Oh, gosh. I was actually in grade school, of all things. I really wasn't considered a writer. It was one of these things that they had us do and said, hey, why don't you, why don't this, the class I was in, why don't we write a story? And um, I actually actually it drew all my own illustrations as well it nice. was about a little boy a kid detective that the police came to whenever they had problems and um he was investigating a haunted house that the police were flummoxed and didn't know what to do so they called this kid up and he went and found out it was a couple of burglars that were actually robbing the neighborhood and that they were posing as ghosts and scaring people away it was very 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 it, it does sound interesting. <laughs> but uh, it, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say. And do I remember that you won an award for this story?
1: Sort of an award. Yeah, it was actually me and one other student. We uh, we both won, and uh, one of the one of the rewards, one of the things was we actually got to read our books to uh, a different, like a lower grade. Like I think mine was a first grade class. Of course, most of them were interested in sticking stuff up their nose while I was reading. But, you know. It, <laughs> it's a good memory. <laughs> yeah, great memories. But uh, as a sort of another um, reward, they actually we actually got to go to the local college, which was Central Michigan University, where I lived in Mount Pleasant. And actually attended a class with other writers that had won awards or that had chosen to go or something. And I actually saw my cousin Joan there. Of really? all. yes she was uh attending I think she had either written something or she had elected to go to this class and we just sort of ran into each other and she's like what are you doing here I said I sort of won this award thing you know this this book that had been bound and with all the illustrations and stuff so it was pretty cool it was my first real taste as a writer that was kind of neat
0: Nice. Okay. So then how did it influence whatever was, what was the next uh, stage of writing or storytelling?
1: Well, it's not really writing. Some people would would kind of shake their heads if it if I said it was writing. But I, I actually, uh, about junior high, when I was uh, about 12 years old, I think, is I got into Dungeons and Dragons, of all things. And um, one of my friends just sort of started running games and then eventually i started taking over and running games for my for for my brother and then uh, our friends and that sort of just led to this years and years of storytelling you know coming up with these different worlds and these different scenarios that um, our friends would go through and so it sort of became this storytelling because it's one thing just to throw monsters at somebody and say, here's an orc, oh, kill an orc. But it's another reason to have, why is the orc there? What's his motivations? Why is he attacking <laughs> the party? You know, it's it sounds weird, but it actually makes for a more fun game. If this orc just isn't sitting in some dungeon room, you know, picking his teeth with his sword, you know, he's there. Waiting
0: for- to attack someone. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, wait, here's our adventure of the day. I'm going to go attack him. You know, it takes a little more than that. And if you come up with a reason why he's there, like he's scouting for his master or his captain or or whatever, you know, at least that's a different reason. It's something different and not just sitting in some room somewhere.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to say that I have played a little bit of Dungeons & Dragons and the only times that I've had a good time was when you were the one running the game. So I do like your funny way of telling stories in d
1: <laughs> Well, it's like I said, it, it actually took years. It, it just didn't happen overnight. Obviously, when I was in, in grade school and in high school, it was more just the monsters being thrown at you. But uh, in college and also in Arizona, when we were in Arizona, and I was running it for friends, I discovered that it, Thing, they quickly got bored if I didn't have a good story behind everything, especially when I had certain people playing in my games and they questioned why we should go to the city. Oh. Uh, gosh, who did that sound
0: like? I don't know. I don't know, know what that sounds
1: like. It was unbelievable. My wife was playing with, with and I'm what? like, there's the city over there. And the others are like, hey, let's go there. And she's like, Why?
0: no, that's not yeah. how <laughs> it There's remember. a city over there. And look, there's like this weird rock with a door in it. And I was like, but our masters told us to go to the city and everybody else wanted to go explore what was behind the door. And I said, why are we doing that? We're supposed to go to the city.
1: <laughs> so yes, it, I quickly realized that people needed reasons, especially certain Spouses needed reasons when I was running these games <laughs> that they needed motivation to to do something like that, and that actually helped you know um, develop stories my storytelling skills because it's something else that
0: I, I helped
1: in a offbeat sort of way
0: in <laughs> an annoying sort <laughs> of way.
1: <laughs> do you guys hear me say annoying? I didn't say annoying. <laughs>
0: Okay, so then you spent years and years and years. By the way, I just wanted to say when you said um, that you were probably 12 or 13. So what did you think of the first episode of season one of Stranger Things?
1: Oh, well, that was really neat. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, wow, I do remember that. Um, and as well as uh, E.T., if everybody saw um, E.T. Extraterrestrial, the Steven Spielberg movie. At the beginning of that, they're also playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs>
0: Really, um, I don't even remember
1: uh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, they're all they're all sitting around a table playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, oh yes, oh that's awesome. That was <laughs> something else that I saw that that sort of like, oh that's cool to me. Of course, back when I was doing it, it was the nerdy thing because you know I'd spend most of the time that I played. We were it was during the junior high dances of all things, and a <laughs> bunch of the people were in the cafeteria dancing, and I was in the library playing with whoever. Was running a game so it was definitely a nerdy thing to do when (laughs) when i first started but now it's become cool and especially with the latest version version five uh it's actually it's actually really easy to teach people who've always wanted to learn it it's a little more cool now (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I think it's cool now because the kids back then are now adults, and we've decided to just tell people, listen, this is cool. You should do it.
1: Listen, son, it's not it's not nerdy for you to play Dungeons & Dragons. It's actually, I, I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so you started writing, and then you started uh, years and years and years of storytelling, and then there was the undercover storytelling as you were an adult, <laughs> pretending that you didn't still play D&D because it was not cool for any other adult to know. Yep. Yep, and then when um, actually, I think I might know the answer to this. When do you think was the next time you actually wrote a story after the fifth grade or whatever grade it was?
1: Well, uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't know the story. I actually did some writing in college. That's um, what I
0: remember. <laughs> I a grade you used of writing my typewriter and used up all the ribbon. I remember.
1: <laughs> but um, I, I, it was you know, it, it gave me another look into storytelling and what. Uh, what other people were writing, and let's just say I wasn't prepared for that writing course by any stretch of the imagination. I was writing these horrible stories and barely got a passing grade, and other people were writing these beautiful stories, and it was was a little intimidating, I have to admit.
0: Now, would you say is it fair to say, and in reality, not just like me trying to make you look good, but would it it be fair to say that part of it is because you had been spending so many years doing verbal storytelling that you hadn't been practicing and like putting words on a page in a certain order and choosing the right word?
1: That's probably a good, uh, yeah, I can definitely agree with you there. Um, I've spent, you know, the motivations of an orc has nothing to do with a story arc of a story or a character in a story that I was trying to write. So, yeah, writing stuff on pieces of paper was definitely completely out of my norm when it came to any sort of storytelling whatsoever. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it <didn't>, it, <laughs> while, you know, role playing is great, it doesn't really it didn't prepare me enough for for telling stories other stories.
0: Yeah. And again, I I really think that the difference, because I've heard your verbal stories in D&D, and I've read your written stories on paper, and I really think that the biggest difference um, is probably the fact that you don't have to choose which words you're going to say. You don't even have to finish a sentence properly in order to explain the orc's motivation, whereas when you write the words down on paper... You know, yeah. you, you can't you skip words. You have to stay in the same tense if it's present tense or past tense. I know tense has killed you for a while at first. Oh,
1: yes. And also, uh, you don't have to open to the source when you're writing D&D. You know, it's, you know, orc open door, you know, instead of this. How do I say door without saying door? Portal? No, not portal. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of differences between the two.
0: Yeah. Okay, so so I remember that in college, and then I know the next time I remember seeing you write or hearing about you writing. But when when do you think it was?
1: Oh man, uh, I have to admit, it was the only time I remember after that was uh, Avatar.
0: When you started your Avatar. first book, yeah, yes. that's what I remember too. Okay, <laughs> so so now we're we're getting caught up into the space where we're talking about you actually decided you wanted to write a book and you secretly did so at the kitchen table while other people were watching TV. Do I have this kind of right? Tell us about it. (laughs)
1: I sort of remember that. I remember we were taking a trip. It was after uh, I finished on Avatar and we were going to be moving away to Australia. And I believe it was around our anniversary in May. Um, And we went to Las Vegas just to sort of get away and relieve some stress after the long hours on working on this movie. And I sort of on the drive there. We typically on our long drives, by the way, we of course we will come up with stuff to talk about, so we can, you know, a lot of miles to cover when we're driving. So uh, we try to come up with stuff. And I don't think we run out of the L.A. city limits. When I'm like, you know what? I've been thinking I might. I have this story in mind. I might want to write it down. And you kind of went, what? You know, yeah. so <laughs> turned to be like, wait, wait, what are you talking about? So I actually kitty was a great motivator and a reason why i got into writing because you know she made it look so easy i'm like how (laughs) hard but uh yeah that's that was the first time so i just had this story idea i'm not even sure where it came from uh about this boy who becomes a superhero and um i just started writing it down of course with many questions many 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 questions to my wife and how would you do this? And how would you do this? And first person and third person, how does this sound? So she was very patient in helping me write my first book.
0: Now, the other thing that I remember, so um, I'm trying to make sure that we are giving helpful advice and also please don't do what I did advice to people <laughs> who are listening. So I remember that the, um, the biggest shock after you're writing a, a book like on paper, <laughs> I, I think the, the second shock after that was when you were pretty close to done uh, which I didn't know, you know, how serious you were, if you would ever finish, if you were just playing around or whatever. So it had to have been months, you know, maybe because I kind of want to say it was after. No, I know for sure it was after we returned from Australia. You were sitting yeah. at Doug's kitchen table.
1: So, yeah, it took a couple of years. Actually. Yeah. Um, I think it was a total of almost. Uh, three. Um, maybe almost two and a half to three years. Yeah. Something like yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Okay. So then, the my my second big shock after just hearing that you were going to write, etc., et, et was um, I showed you how to find out what the word count was on your word document. Do you remember what it was?
1: Oh yes, it was one hundred and forty thousand words.
0: <laughs> and what is your genre slash age that you're writing for?
1: <coughs> Sixty to
0: seventy. Yeah, middle grade. Middle grade,
1: sixty to yeah. Typically, a middle grade book is sixty to seventy thousand. No,
0: no, that's that's the high end that I told you you might be able to get away with if okay, your story so was really good. Forty years. So. Forty to fifty, <laughs> and you wrote one hundred and forty thousand words. I was a little wordy,
1: just a little bit.
0: Just a so little here's the other thing. I again was like, Okay, this is what happens when somebody plays D and D for thirty years and the game story doesn't really change I'm a ton. A you just keep going and going and
1: going. <laughs> I was told to tell a story and so I did. <laughs> And the a story, long.
0: yeah, just keep telling it, keep telling it. Oh wait, at some point you have to stop telling it. I had a beginning, a
1: middle, and an end. It just <laughs> was a little, you know, it was out.
0: long, yeah, <laughs> and not that it wasn't good, it just wasn't the right word count for the it age. It wasn't rate.
1: quite the word count, but the good news is, is that looking back at it, you, there were parts you could easily go, oh yeah, I didn't need to say this. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't need to say it. this. wasn't necessary.
0: Okay. So now we're getting into the beginning of, um, being helpful, I think. <laughs> so, so you wrote 140,000 word book, um, from beginning to end, you actually got to the end of the book yep. and it was, let's just call it two to three years. We're not sure exactly. Not sure. Um, so that is a lot of writing. Some people, it takes them four or five or 10 years to write fewer words than that. So tell us, do you remember, um, People, uh, when you're listening, let me just say, there's obviously a lot of things I know about John and John knows about me that you don't know about either of us. And um, one of the things is, do you remember John? No, nope, I don't remember. But but (laughs) (laughs) do you remember like when or how you managed to find time? Because, uh, you know, you were working hard on a movie doing full-time work and sometimes overtime. So how did you manage to get so much writing done?
1: Well, well, the good news is, um, on Happy Feet 2, um, Rob Coleman was the director of animation on that project. And he was renowned for bringing projects in on time and under, under time, actually. And so he was very organized. So the good news is, um, on that project, I didn't do a lot of overtime. So I did find lots of time outside of work to do it. Typically, I'm trying to remember, I think I might have been mornings. Okay. Uh, i've i've experimented quite a bit when it comes to times and what's best for me uh and i'm sure a lot of other people who, who have written as well um, for any length of time have sort of gone yeah no this isn't a good time for me to write <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whether it's at night or in the morning some people you know that's how their brain works um for me i find it's best in the morning because i'm i wake up i'm right awake or waking up and <laughs> sitting down at the computer i just find it best to start my day writing that way typically when i come home from work i don't want to sit in front of the computer which i have been since i'm an animator um i've been sitting in front of the computer all day and i just don't want to stare at the screen you know for five more seconds or you know another (laughs) hour or two hours yeah so i it's for me during that time it was best in the morning
0: okay now um so it's been my goodness, how long has it been since we worked on Avatar? Almost ten years since the beginning.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: Yeah, we moved to Sydney for no. Wait, Avatar. Two thousand nine. No, yeah, I was thinking Happy Feet 2. That was two thousand nine. Yeah. Um. So two thousand. It can't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> for the last five, six, seven, eight years, it was <laughs> some time ago. Um. Yeah, that's right. Because okay this is a time when normally I would think if I were one of those really professional podcasters, I would say, okay, stop. We're going to just restart <laughs> the entire paragraph, but I like people to know the real kitty. So here I am saying, honestly, it doesn't matter when it was, but so, so you wrote this book. Uh, a lot of it was in the morning because you woke up earlier than what you needed to go to work. Yeah. Um, now, now and some other times in between, you have had a gym membership where you woke up and went straight to the gym. So how does that work when you're like, oh, well, mornings is the best time for me, but now three or four mornings a week, the first thing I do is go to the gym. So what we're talking about is finding time to write. So I'm just going to kind of let you go with it. Try to tell us about the times that you thought were working for you or when that time got taken up by something else and now you had to figure out a new time.
1: Well, uh, like you were saying, the best times for me were typically always the morning. I've written uh, two other books beside um, this one. And uh, I believe over in New Zealand and stuff, it, I was writing almost all in the morning, sometimes at night, uh, when I felt truly motivated to sit down and, and get in front of the computer. But most of the time, it was in the morning uh, when I would when I'd wake up and just, just go sit in front of my computer and just start writing. Um, I have tried sometimes at nights um with various degrees of success sometimes (laughs) no yes um but most recently especially in the last year um we've both gotten gym memberships in order to stay healthy and actually my job um recommends and they actually pay for part of your gym membership because they want you to be healthy uh they know that sitting in front of the computer is not good for the human body for long stretches of time so they um they motivate you to go to the gym but um since i I do a lot of my good work in the morning that's when i typically wake up i go to the gym before i go to work um so i've had to find times to write instead of the mornings and actually it's within it's only been the last couple months that i've realized that writing at lunchtime for me has been a boon into my writing uh which asked me a couple years ago i would have laughed but now that um, we are take you have an hour lunch, and I always take my lunch with me in order to, to uh, save money. Um, sitting in front of, in a conference room with my lunch and writing away on my laptop, if I can get you know a couple pages or three pages or four pages, I'm I'm thrilled. And it's weird because I I I look forward to it while I'm working. You know I'm in that mindset, and then I actually look forward to lunch because like oh, great. I can now take that energy that I'm having at work and switch it quickly to my writing and put out a couple pages during my hour lunchtime. So it's turned out to be really good. I've actually um, well on my way to finishing up another novella associated with my first book and we'll have minds to starting a next one. And most of it will be on my lunch break.
0: (laughs) All right. So let's be really specific for people so that they can figure out, okay, in my life, in my schedule, in my work environment, what can I do? So, um, Like Samuel Parker, uh, the author of *Border Sun who was on a couple of, I think, months ago. (laughs) Sometimes I get lost in in, uh, how quickly or recently I recently talked to somebody. Um, He was telling us that he goes down to his car and sits in the car and types and writes work. Um, And I have uh, typed in the NBC cafeteria and in the car. Once I get home, park in our parking spot and know that you aren't, wondering where I am yet, I would sit in, uh, with my laptop and write for another 20 or 30 minutes because I knew you were probably playing a video game and weren't at all wondering where I was.
1: No, so I, would always get, like, I always wondered, honey. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Where are you? Is my wife okay? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do I have a wife? I'm so busy in this video game. <laughs> so so let's be really specific. If I remember right, what you told me is that um, because Everybody at our work, cause we work at the same place right now, since everybody at our work pretty much all go to lunch from 12 to one, then the conference yeah. rooms are almost never booked. So you literally booked a conference room so that why?
1: I can write and stay out of people's way and I'd stay focused on writing.
0: Yeah. And I remember you were telling me too, and I had mentioned that it was a problem for me too. When I try to work at my desk, people think, well, you're at your desk, so I can ask you a question.
1: Yeah if we're uh the whole company is tied together with skype so if you are working at your desk and the or working on your computer even if i was to bring up a word document the skype will show that you're not you're there at your desk and available to speak and typically that's when you start getting problems with people like oh hey john i've got this question you're like oh, that's my lunch hour I'm not. Supposed <laughs> to talk to so i've actually gone through um our uh email system and book the conference room for maybe two weeks at a time just in case things change but about two weeks at a time three weeks at a time and i'll book the conference room during lunchtime when everybody else is at lunch so i can go in close the door behind me i'm not at my desk there's nothing in this room to really draw my attention distract me and sit down open my laptop and just get some writing done (laughs) it's worked you know and like any other writer there are varying degrees of success some days i'm really just laser focused Woo-hoo, i get three pages done other times i'm like okay i should go over this last part and i'll read a reread part a couple times and maybe get only a half a page written but yeah. it's still progress in my mind you know I, I can't do it in the mornings and at night when i come home we're both tired and i have to cook dinner and then we sit down and watch a little television yeah
0: because dinner. we have to watch television absolutely <laughs>
1: that's yeah that's a little problem for us we we do enjoy the television a little too much yeah. but um but this is it's it's given me a great opportunity to write and and again take the energy that i have at work and, and kind of take some of it and channel it into my writing on my lunch hour and it's it's working really good for me now and i think everybody's going to find something different whether it's kitty's way of doing it sitting in their parking you know their car and the parking lot and typing away, or if they find an empty storeroom somewhere, or go out to the park, um, whatever works for you guys. It's it's gonna take time and it's gonna take a little experimentation to find out what really works for everybody.
0: Yeah, uh, which is a great segue into the next part. So we have experimented with several different things. Um, we tried the idea if, if we go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then we would get up at the same time anyway. And let me just tell you, people, it is the, I believe in God and God never forsakes us, but 4.30 a.m. deserves the title <laughs> God forsaken time. <laughs> we get up at 4.30, what is wrong with me that I listen to him and let him push me out of bed? So um, getting up at 4.30 Tuesday and Thursday and spending the two hours that we would normally be at the gym Uh, writing instead. That has not worked for me because my brain is uh, awake enough to put on clothes and walk to the gym and try not to trip over weights, but not awake enough to figure out, you know, what the princess is going to do next. (laughs) And if I remember right, that hasn't really been working for you as much as you thought it would.
1: No, that was my bright idea was, yeah, hey, we'll just, you know, we can just, we wake up at the same every morning, twice a week, and I'm going to sit there and edit my story that I've been wanting to edit. And uh, yeah, no, that hasn't worked yet. So
0: (laughs) Now, my friend, Laura Drake, who's been on the show, I think twice, actually, um, I don't know if she still does it because she's retired now, but there was a time when she, I'm pretty sure, woke up at 4.30, it might have been five, every single morning, and she wrote every single morning, and then she would go to her job. So it does work for some people. So that's an idea. If you haven't tried it, you can at least try it because you never know. I mean, it could be a happy surprise. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like I said, it's just different for everyone. And I've gone through the gamut. I've tried a little bit of everything. Sometimes it has worked to write at night for me, but it's not not typical.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the point is try different things. Like I think um, I may not be remembering this correctly. I think I gave you the suggestion of uh, writing at lunch because I was thinking about taking my laptop in and writing at lunch. And I thought that you said, no, then when am I going to relax or play a video game or watch Netflix if I don't do it at lunch? And then it turned out you started writing at lunch even more than me.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I honestly was sort of just poo pooted it. I didn't want to say it that way, but I, I was like, oh, I don't think it's going to work for me. But again, I was just – I surprised myself and going, oh, my gosh, I have all this energy that I've been doing, you know, focusing on animating this – Character and I've turned into oh my gosh what's Cor- what's going to happen to Corey next and mm. uh, I find myself writing away with that, with very little difficulty so it's it's worked really well and um, again and you don't
0: feel like it's taken energy away from your work like no. when you are done with your lunch hour you're still like ready to go back to work
1: well sometimes I'd like to continue writing <laughs> right. I had to pull myself away but no I've actually there were times when I'm working and I'll keep looking at the clock looking forward to the time to write um which is a which is a really nice because typically sometimes it is a little bit of a chore like everybody i'm sure yeah everybody's gone through this it is sometimes it's a chore to write you're like oh okay if i sit down for an hour and put something out i can put some you know words on on a page and it might not be very good but at least i've done something yeah and uh that's what i thought this would happen but it's it surprised me so i think Yeah, it's just gonna take a little bit of experimentation.
0: Yeah, so speaking of experiments, we have tried a couple of other things as well. Um, And in my mind, one of them has worked and one of them hasn't. So the other things that you and I have done, oh, and this is just two of them because now I thought of like at least one, I just thought of two more. (laughs) So I wanna give people ideas. Um, So one of the things that we have done is um, having writing sprints where we say we're gonna do three 20-minute sprints over the course of an hour and a half with a 10-minute break or whatever and this is the start time, and this is the stop time. And other times, we've just said, okay, over the course of this two hours, we will write. So, tell me about your experience with being a start and stop time, or just during this two hours.
1: Uh, Actually, the start and stop time uh, worked pretty well, because in the two hours, you're like, well, I need to get a drink of water, I need to do this. But the the sprint time seemed to work best. Uh, I know that we went did a little sprint with a um our pastor's wife actually not more than a couple weeks ago
0: at the library
1: at the library we went to the library and sat down and she said okay let's go write we're gonna write for 20 minutes and go and we just started writing and for me that's that's a really good format because you're like okay i've got water or whatever or if i you know if i need water i can get it in 20 minutes yeah that's 20 minutes to write and you do your writing and then or half hour, whatever the sprint time is. And then she says, time, great. You get to stop, stretch out a little bit, go get that water, go use the bathroom, whatever you need. And that works really best for me because it is, it's short times that you can just focus on your writing and you coming, leading up to the time you're sort of thinking about it. You're like, okay, what am I gonna write? What am I gonna put down on paper? And then it's sort of like a stopwatch and away you go. So that, yeah. that seems to work best for me other than we had this two hour time, let's just see how much writing we can get done. Yeah. And, it, and it really does help, by the way, to have more than just like your wife there. It sort of helps to have somebody else there that's sort of also that you're like having to hold accountable to. Like, well, if they're writing, I, I've got it right. You know, like.
0: Yeah. 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 Like if it was just you and your spouse or you and your best friend, you could be like, oh, can I just ask you this question? And nobody's there that you're interrupting. So there's no reason not to not to just like break your concentration and, and talk but if there's somebody else you're like I can't say anything cuz I'll interrupt them too
1: yeah and it, and it's just sort of the more people have with you doing it the more focused you seem to be cuz yeah. we, we also did a writing sprint in Denver when we went for a writers conference and I think it was an hour writing time in short sprints and I had some music on and I found it no problem to get some writing done while we were there because it was just this room full of people writing at the exact same time the exact same purpose with the exact same breaks as you you got to stretch out a little talked a little bit and then back to writing you went
0: yeah. Now, um, when you can't do that, because there's so many of us who don't have writer friends who live nearby or times that we can all get together at the same time, the other thing that happened in the library is that when I was telling um, you and Suzanne, okay, ready, go, I was also texting our friend Maria, who was on vacation in Spain with her laptop and her family, and she would start typing. And then I would text her stop when I told you guys stop. And so uh, that is another way that you can do it. I've also done it on Skype and on Zoom. So so even if you can't be with somebody in person, there are other ways that you can do these sprints. There's also tons of people who do it on Twitter all together. and um, you know, so basically there's the sky's the limit. Whatever you can think of sounds like a fun way for you to do it, it can be done that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's and you know, you know, especially with you know, the iPhone and everything, you can text your friends and everything and and arrange times to get together and write if they're across the country or across the world it's yeah it's getting a lot easier to uh well find time to write i hope
0: yeah So um, other things that we've done, I thought of two other things. I'll talk about the train second. Um, So the other thing that we've talked about is uh, shockingly here in Sweden, we have so many long weekend vacations or at least the first half of the year, like has so many holidays in it. Apparently after we get back from summer vacation, we will moan and groan that the next holiday is somewhere around Christmas. (laughs) But uh, right now we've had a lot of long weekends and um, at least once we succeed, Successfully uh, called that weekend a writing retreat, and we went to get groceries on Friday, Friday night after work. And then we were like, This is our writing. We're just going to write on Saturday and Sunday. We didn't even go to church.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And way too much chocolate. That's the other slight downside.
0: Yeah, we should not have bought, you know, quote, fun writing food. (laughs) But so we've done it successfully and unsuccessfully. And this is my opinion, but tell me what you think. I think that the time that we did it successfully, we said on Friday night, okay, Saturday, we're going to start at this time. And then we're going to do these number of sprints and break for lunch and then do these number of sprints and break. Um, And then on Easter weekend, I think it was when we had a really long time, I think that the problem was we were like, we have so much time. And we never said a start and stop time. We just said, we're going to write all day on Saturday. And I don't know that we ever actually started writing because we never put a time to it.
1: Yeah, we never did. I never cracked open my laptop. It
0: was horrible.
1: Um, <laughs> so again, it's, it's also, um, sometimes it's best to get away from your apartment, even if it's like you said, down at the in your parking spot or down at the local library or something, getting away from your home, away from the dishes, away from the TV, away from, uh, you know distractions like that. Also, we've discovered it helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're in a work environment or a place that's not your home, that we find that also helps quite a bit.
0: And so that is a great segue into our summer train story. Would you like to talk about it, or do you want me no, to introduce what yeah, I'm trying to first? Yeah, okay. So here in Sweden, this will be our second summer. We've been here at the time that you and I are talking. We've been here something like one year and two weeks. Yep. I think uh, so today. Yeah. And on the day this aired, by the way, I just have to say this because John will be like, uh, so on the day this airs, it'll be like the 32nd anniversary of the day that we met or no, not the day we met. Uh, not the nope. day we met. No, the day that you gave me an engagement ring. Oh. You know, John finds it so annoying that I don't forget dates. <laughs>
1: She doesn't forget
0: any, date, any yeah. date. Yeah, but you don't mind being the hero of all my stories, do you? Oh, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hero. So let's talk about it. So last summer, we found out that there was this two-month bus ticket, and it only costs a little bit more than just a regular one-month-in-city ticket, but for two months, you could take any train, any bus, anywhere in Skona, which is sort of like a county, for lack of a better way to say it, um, and it's the southern part of Sweden. And we found out that the train will go about an hour and a half east, about an hour, hour and 10 minutes north. And if we could somehow find a way to take it diagonally, we'd probably be on the train for an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. And so we went to several places that we figured, well, all right, we'll take our laptops. We'll write until the train gets to the end of the the part that we can go, you know, the amount of... Uh, countryside that we can travel for free, (laughs) and then we'll get off and have lunch in a cafe, and then we'll do it again on the way home. So what do you remember about what worked and what didn't work for that?
1: Uh, Truth be told, I don't remember it being horribly bad. I I seem to remember working okay. Um, Finding places to sit can be a little awkward sometimes, and finding a table to set your laptop on some of the seats can be a little, um, tight. So you sort of type in like this sort of thing, you know, you're kind of, kind of squish is what I seem to remember. Yeah. And I
0: think a couple times we were just like, Oh, let's just walk around this little town we've never been in. And by the time we got on the train, we didn't realize that it would be in essence, a rush hour time, even though it was before rush hour. And we were like, well we can't type because we can't find a seat until somebody gets off at some stop eventually
1: <laughs> yeah that was a problem, a bit of a problem too yeah
0: but i think that the best times were also the most frustrating ones when we were really into it and we had to get off and we were like but i'm in the <laughs> middle of typing and
1: i've got to save come on save hurry 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 the door's going to be opening soon
0: yeah yeah so that's another possibility. If you live someplace with the kind of public transportation where you can sit down, open up your laptop, or if you do, um, what am I trying to say? Audio uh, speaking, dictating. If you do dictating and you're not afraid to do it in front of uh, 50 or 100 strangers then you know you could do that too but just if there's any way that you can find any sort of public transportation and just get on it and type as fast as you can or a lot of people have typed uh on their commute when they take a bus or a train exactly. um yeah and i'm wondering if i remember either one or both of us did that when we lived in sydney and um i know at least one time i missed my stop because i was so engrossed in what i was doing <laughs>
1: I never had the opportunity um, because I was on a train and then on a bus. I never had the uh, the opportunity to uh,
0: sit you weren't, down and do write. You it. weren't on anything long enough to yeah, open yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah. And our current commute is so ridiculously short, which is awesome. But, yeah, definitely no way to to write on the yeah. commute. But a lot of people do do that successfully. So if, if you, listener, are one of those people who maybe can find a way to um, – Right in the car, right in the parking lot, right on the train or on the bus. Uh, Lots of people do it. Just be careful not to forget your bag.
1: (laughs) And forget what stop you're getting off on.
0: Yeah, that's always helpful to get off the (laughs) right spot. (laughs) Um, Can you think of any other tips about things that you think have worked really well for you or things that you were like, that was crazy, that was a crazy idea, and I tried it, but it definitely doesn't work for me?
1: Well... um... It's good to make sure that your laptop has a full charge. It sounds silly to say it, nice. but uh, there are times you open it, you're like, "Yes," and then you're like, "Oh, look, I have less than ten percent. I guess I won't be writing <laughs> today." Uh, it's happened to me once or twice, so it's something it's small and silly, but it's something. Again, and sometimes you can find some of the trains that we are on do have outlets that you can you can plug into. Others do not. That's true. Yeah, uh, as well as planes, we have we have. Uh, I wrote part of a novella on a plane trip to I think it was to Denver uh, for the writing conference.
0: Oh, um, yeah. I was sleeping, and you were typing at <laughs> two o'clock in the morning.
1: but the good the bad part was is that the outlet didn't work at my seat, so I couldn't charge my laptop. So it was good for a little while, and then I just had to stop because my my laptop was running out of juice.
0: So save often and well. Save
1: often. Save often, yes. That that uh control S should be your friend.
0: <laughs> awesome. Any other tips that you want to give to people who are still working through that whole like finishing and sending it out and finding an oh, agent man. and a publisher and trying to keep going? How do you how do you make time to write when you're in the frustrating part of waiting to hear back from agents and stuff?
1: Oh, I just keep writing because i i'm like well you know this might not that what they have might not be good but this story this will be the one i'm going to send out to somebody uh, it, it can be trust me it can be frustrating when you get this huge line of rejections in your email one after another and i've gotten a lot of them <laughs> so um but i you just got to keep writing you just got to keep plugging away i actually there was a time when i when i wasn't writing and i was frustrated and and then uh, Kitty actually read a um, email from a friend back in New Zealand when we were there. And she said, my son's writing, your, reading your story again because he loves it so much. He's reading it for a second time. And I went, darn it, that's motivation enough. And I started writing again. So sometimes it takes a lot of motivation. Sometimes it's something really small. Sometimes you'll look at a notes from uh, somebody and say, oh, they really like this. I, I need to go back over that. And it'll get you back writing again. So just you just have to keep plugging away. You just have to keep keep writing.
0: Excellent. Well, I am very impressed and pleased for you that you have been able to keep it up for so long. It's been it sounds like it's been at least 10 years since you first decided to start up again after college. God,
1: has it been that long? Yeah, I guess it has. It's, it's crazy. Been a <laughs> it it doesn't feel like it though. But yeah, yeah, it's it's you find motivations in the weirdest of places.
0: Yeah. So until you have something that has been purchased and is about ready to be published, you haven't gone with a website and lots of other things, but there is at least one place that people can find out more about John, the writer and the things that you're writing and other um, interesting, um, inspiring or funny uh, quotes and memes that you put up there. Or is that?
1: <laughs> yeah, go ahead and uh, visit me at uh, John Buholtz author on Facebook. That's uh, spelled very, Just like Kitty, except mine is J-O-H-N, and the last name is B-U-C-H-O-L-T-Z, author on Facebook. And I will include everything from some memes to some writing tips to my latest and what's been going on in my writing world. And um, eventually I will get a Twitter account going and as well as probably Instagram and some other things. But go ahead and visit me at uh, Facebook and you can learn more about me there.
0: Excellent. And actually, that is sort of a tip for other people. John um, is very interested, let me say it that way, in the political process and the things happening in politics in the U.S. So since he writes middle grade, he's been trying to be very careful not to give out his, shall we just say it, his adult regular addresses on Facebook, Twitter, other places. Uh, So if you are also maybe writing for children, but posting things that maybe are not necessarily always appropriate. You might want to make sure that when you're giving out where people can find you, you're only giving out the ones where you are doing, you know, G-rated and encouraging and positive sorts of things, right?
1: <laughs> Most definitely. And uh, well, again, a lot of it's writing tips, writing uh, memes that I found, funny writing things. And I tried to throw that all on my author page just to keep funny and interested and sort of show my, my sense of humor and stuff. Um, hopefully in the near future, you'll be getting updates as well as probably a, a short story or two that for free that you guys can read and uh, check out my writing.
0: Excellent. John, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Why, thank you so much for having me, Mrs. Buholtz.
0: Thank you, Mr. Buholtz. <laughs> we appreciate you.
1: <laughs> thank you very much.